0: Welkom by Grace Life Beketwerk. Ons is een kerkfamilie wat focus op die evangelie van genade. Ons mukpunt is om diegene te bereik wat nog nooit die goeie nies gehoor het en om gelovig is, de discipleskap, te vestig in die waarheid. Ons bid dat die, die boodskap jou sal help om in jou verhouding met Jesus te groei en jou sal help om meer van die werkelijkheid van Christenskap te ontdek. Gamora, praise the the era, hallelujah. Um, It's indeed a pleasure to be here before such wonderful people, the precious children of God, who are washed by the blood of Jesus. You are clean because of his blood. You are children of God. He cleansed you clean with his blood. Amen? Amen. And that cleansing does not expire. You cannot lose your salvation. You are in this forever. You are saved forever. How many of you think that maybe one day you're going to wake up without your salvation? Maybe it has vanished. How many? Do you know sometimes, especially during the past days, we've come from uh, uh, COVID days, we have had people who are preaching that, be careful, the end is about to come. So get ready. How do you get ready? What do you do to get ready? What must you do to get ready? They are putting fear into your heart. They are unsettling you about your settled salvation. Jesus got you ready. You don't need to get ready. Jesus got you ready. Salvation is eternal. That's why it's called eternal life. It's not sometimes life. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, the, 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 there is purpose in our salvation. We were saved for a purpose. Do you know that? We were saved for a purpose. How many of you bought a car for a purpose? You bought a car for a purpose so that you can go to work, you can go to the city, you can go whatever. But do you leave the car parked and then you start walking around, you start catching the bus to city, you start going to the market by bicycle? You bought a car for a purpose. So that you can use it. How many of you know that you were saved for a purpose? Do you know the purpose for which you were served? Let's quickly open our... I'm trying to find a way to take you into my, into my teaching slowly, okay? Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. What version do you like here, Pastor? <laughs> Praise the error. <Lord. laughs> Hallelujah. I'll take, I'll take uh, uh, a new King, uh, the King James. It says, I, even I. What does that mean? I, even I. What does that mean? Okay. Before we go very far, let's find out what it means. Do you have the New Living Translation there? Okay, the New Living Translation will say okay, let me read from the New Living Translation it says I, yes I alone so the I even I is making is an emphasis to say you are not involved you are not part of it you are not part of it this is God only God you've got no part to contribute so he says I even I Am he that blotteth. Blotteth. What is blotteth? Delete. Today God to tell us a uh, cell phone, isn't it? Delete. I am he that deleteth your sins. Deleteth out your transgressions for my own sake. For whose sake? Why did he delete your sins? For your sake. The, uh, mom in red. God Forgive your sins for your sake. Let's read again. Put, is there another version? New King James? Ah, Pastor, uh, Do uh, Okay. Another version will say, hey, okay, let's read the New Living Translation. It says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake. This is God speaking. God is saying, He is going to forgive your sins. He is going to cleanse you out from your sins for His sake, not for your sake. God did not save you for you, God saved you for His sake. Praise the Lord. My brother, do you have a cell phone? Where is it? Is it an iPhone? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Can I have somebody with an iPhone? Uh-huh. Now you see the ladies now. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> this is your iPhone. She bought an iPhone. For whose sake? For her sake. Because she wants to phone people, write notes, put the Bible send WhatsApp, uh, social media, everything. Okay? Then I can drop the phone. She's looking at me like... (laughs) So maybe she drops the phone and then it's not working properly. Okay? Then she takes the phone to get it repaired. When she's getting the phone repaired, is he doing it for the phone or for yourself? So God created you, and then you were in sin. and then God cleansed you for your, from your sins. Did He do it for you or for himself? Why? So that he can use you so that he can fellowship, he can be united with you. So He saved you for your purpose. Do you know the purpose for which you were saved? Were you saved so that you can sleep at home and say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed? (laughs) Praise the Lord, thank you. Amen. So you were saved for a purpose. You were saved for a... That's what he's saying here. He says... I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake. I did it for myself, for my own sake, not for you. Of course, because God is good, you get to benefit, but he did it for himself. Let's not forget that. Hallelujah. Now I think I can slip into, I can now go into my teaching. Are we together now? So he made you righteous. What is righteousness? Let's say in Afrikaans. What is righteousness in Afrikaans? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In English, let's use another name. Let's use another, something that says righteousness. What else can we say in English? Righteousness, what is it? Right standing. Yeah, I know, I know grace people love right standing because it has got no commitment. Because we must commit to the sake for which he saved us. We must be aware why we were saved. Otherwise, we don't know why we were saved. And if we don't know why we were saved, we will not fulfill God's purpose in our lives. Let's go to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 to 12. I'm reading from the King James. As it is written, "There there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth Good, no, not one. Can you see? He saying they've become they've become unprofitable, which means they are no longer serving the purpose. So when you are saved, you are saved back into that purpose. He says there is none that doeth good, no, not one. If you look carefully at this verse we see that they are talking about righteousness because they say there is none righteous so they are talking about righteousness and if you look again in the context of this verse uh, this passage from Romans 3 verse 10 to 12 you will discover that righteousness is a doing it's not a state righteousness is doing let's let's come back to english righteousness means doing what is right righteousness is doing what is right how many are righteous now Yeah. you are righteous because God made you righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, if you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, what are you doing right? Come again? You are his doing. First, that's, that's true. You are his right doing. But it doesn't end there. You are what God did right. Right? let me leave it there. Let's let's go on, let's go on, let's go on. Okay. So the verse says, it is written. That verse, Romans 3, verse 10, it says, it is written. Which means, Paul is teaching from from the Bible. And in that day that Paul is writing the letter to the church at Romans, what Bible was there? Was there, Do you know that when, the, when Paul sat down to write this letter to the church at Romans, there was no book of Romans in the Bible? Was, there, was it there? There was no book of Romans. But was there, was there a Bible? There was no Bible. That's the Bible. The script is the Bible. So he had a Bible that he's reading from. Because no one is, is, is allowed to teach from his head, even the apostles. Everyone teaches from the Bible, not from your head. So, what Paul is writing in the book of Romans is an explanation, a teaching, on what is already written in the Bible. And the Bible that they had that day was from which book to which book? Stand up, big man. Stand up, stand up. Stand up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Which Bible did they have? The one from Genesis up to the one just before I You are right. I'll give I'll give I'll give you marks for that. He is right. The Bible that they had was from Genesis to Malachi. When Jesus came. The book of Matthew was not there. When Jesus came, the book of Malak, uh, Mark, mm, Luke, Mark, and John were not there. The book of Acts was not there. The book of Ephesians was not there. The book of Jude was not there. When Jesus was teaching, he was only teaching from Genesis to Malachi. Those are the scriptures. Amen. So what was Jesus teaching? Was Jesus teaching the Old Testament? Was Jesus teaching the Old Testament? So, so Matthew is the Old Testament. Because Jesus was teaching from the Old Testament. Jesus was not teaching the Old Testament. He was teaching from the scriptures. So these books, I think last last time I was here, we agreed on that. I told somebody, book here, uh, somebody's Bible here. Were you here? Did I t- did I tear a book from here? A page. I, I didn't tear a page here. Then I'll do it today. <laughs> <laughs> Where's got a Bible? A book, a Bible. Ah, oh, I-, I I want that one. Bring it, <laughs> bring it, bring that one. Bring it. Bring it I'll teach, I'll teach it in a smart way. <laughs> leave some runs in there. If the runs are in there, leave them. Okay. <laughs> wow, nice Bible. Praise the Lord. Praise Deera. So when we go to the Bible, this Bible... There's a lot of pictures in this Bible. Word, Forward. Oh, Testament. Oh, Testament. Is this inspired? Which prophet wrote this? This is not inspired. Oh, Testament. Okay, so if I tear like this, is the Bible torn? This <laughs> woman "Is the Bible torn? Did I tear the Bible?" I did not tear the Bible. There is nothing on this here. I did not tear the Bible. Okay, let's go to somewhere else where you like a lot. I've got to figure out what it says in Africans to make sure I'm there. Now we've got New Testament. New Testament. Which prophet wrote this? Is this prophet Isaiah or Malachi? Is this Moses who wrote this? Or is it Jesus? Who wrote this? This New Testament. So if I tell like this, did I tear the Bible? Did I tear the Bible? Is this Bible now torn? Is it short of anything? Is the word of God violated in this Bible? Which means those pages, Old Testament and the New Testament, were not part of the Bible. When Jesus was teaching, like Paul is teaching here in the book of Romans, they were they said it is written. They didn't say let's go to the Old Testament. They said let's go to the Word of God. It's not Old Testament. What is old about it? It says, thou shalt not kill. Is that Old Testament? What is Old Testament about not killing? Is it Old Testament not to kill? Is it Old Testament not to kill? Are you, today we are in the New Testament. Can we just kill? So it's not Old Testament. Thou shalt not steal. Is it Old Testament not to steal? So why do you call those books Old Testament? Who told you to call them Old Testament? Well, I'm telling you that they are not what Old Testament. That is what Paul is teaching here. Praise the Lord. So when Paul says, it is written, he's gone back to the Bible that he had that day, and that Bible was only up to Malachi. So let's read where Paul was reading from. When he says, it is written, there's none righteous, none. Not even one. Which means there's no man who is righteous. So let's go to the... Now my introduction has become too long. Let's, Let's move a bit faster. The book of Psalms, verse 14. Rather, the book of Psalms 14, verse 1 to 3. I'll read from the King James. It says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done. Listen to that. Done. They have done. So there's a doing there. They have done abominable thing works there is none that doeth good the Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God they are all gone aside they are all together become filthy there is none that doeth good no, not one. Can you see where, where Paul is teaching from? So, Paul is teaching this in the church which you call New Testament. He does not change anything, he does not say it's Old Testament. He teaches it the way it is. Amen. So, when we see that, so Paul is teaching about righteousness from the book of Psalms. And if we look carefully at that, at that passage in the book of Psalms, we can also see that righteousness is about doing something. Because they are not doing it. Righteousness is about doing something. I'll, I'll, I'll get you along slowly. So let's go back to Paul in uh, um, Romans chapter 3 verse 23. I'll read from the King James. Paul continues to say for all have sinned. Ah. Did he say all were born sinners? Did he say all were born sinners? What is sinning? Do you know? Sinning is a verb, isn't it? Like you cannot be a driver if you don't drive. Can you see? You are not a driver if you don't drive. So you are not a sinner if you, have, if you don't sin. So no one was born with, the sinner, with the sin. He doesn't say everybody was born with sin. He said they, all of them sinned. It's a verb. A lot of people, they want to blame Adam. Adam sinned for himself, you sinned for yourself. Jesus did not come to die for for Adam's sin. He came to die for your sin. I'll leave that one there. Okay, let's carry on. So he says in uh, Romans 3 verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What is coming short? Coming short is like Coming short is like I want to touch there. So I jump. I can't reach it. I jump again. I am coming short. I did not fall from there. I came short. I did not reach there. I did not fall from there. So the Bible does not talk about men falling. Men did not fall. They couldn't get there. They, didn't, they did not fall from there. The Bible does not talk about. I know people say, fallen men, fallen men, men. No, no, no. Men did not fall. What fell in the Bible are angels, not men. Amen. We pack it, we carry on. Now, also when Paul is reading, when he's teaching Romans 3:23. He's reading from the scriptures again. Let's go to where he's reading. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6. And it says, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses. Let's change that. What is righteousness? Right doing. Not standing. Cancel that standing first for now. We can, we can get it in later. So he's saying, for all have sinned, as no, 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 he says, but we have all as an unclean thing, and all our right doing are as filthy rags. What we do right, not what we do wrong. What we do right cannot reach the standard. What we do right comes short of the standard. Are we together? Then he says, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Let me read it in a very easy Bible. The Good News translation says, for he says, all of us have been sinful, even our best actions. So righteousness is talking about actions. Even our best actions are filthy through and through. Because of our sins, we are like leaves that wither and are blown away by the wind. So righteousness is about doing. Isaiah is clear here that righteousness is also about what? Doing something. Let's come to Romans chapter 1, verse 16 to 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ... For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God. Let's say therein is the right doing of God. Revealed from faith to faith. As it is written the just shall live by faith. Can you see? Every time Paul is teaching, he says it is written. So he's going back to the scriptures to teach from the scriptures. So there is no division between what you call the New Testament and the Old Testament. Jesus never called it Old Testament. Paul never called it Old Testament. Peter never called it Old Testament. They all called it the Word. When Jesus came, Matthew to Revelation were not there. So what the Bible was was from Genesis to Malachi. That was the word of God, and it's still the word of God today. Is the word of God is not Old Testament, right? What you call the Old Testament? What is it? You know when you're who still in school? Yeah, are you still in school? Are you in school? You're in school, all right. So if you're if you're if you're in school, what subject do you what are you doing in school? First, Kanda, what is that? Maths. Maths. Okay. So she's doing maths in school. So I am the teacher. So I have got a math book. I'll give you a Bible now after this. Uh, All right. Hallelujah. So this is the textbook that I'm teaching from. I'm teaching mathematics. And she's sitting there. She's taking notes from my teaching. She's taking notes from my teaching. Now, if you go to her notes and there is something you do not understand from her notes, for you to understand what is in your notes, what do you need? You need the book I was teaching from. So, maybe the Revelation are people teaching the word of God, explaining, interpreting the word of God. Bringing out the meaning of the word of God in the Bible which is from Genesis to Malachi. So Matthew to Revelation are explanations, are notes of teaching what is written from Genesis to Malachi. So don't call it Old Testament. Because Old Testament has become an interpretation People say we are in the New Testament so I'm only going to read from Matthew to Revelation. So when Paul writes it is written and you don't go to where it is written you will not understand what Paul is writing about. So your understanding of the New Testament is like this. It's not like this. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> thank you, thank you. If I don't finish, I don't finish this. But I'm sure what we are what we are hearing, we are hearing, it will be enough. So I'll keep to time, even if I don't finish. Praise the Lord. What time do you finish? What time do I have? What time have I done? Are you keeping time for me? You must you must warn me you must tell me what okay tell me now how many, how many more minutes do i have 30, 30 minutes let's push it <laughs> so he said there are certain things he says he says the righteousness of who he says in uh romans 1 17 17 he says for therein is the righteousness of who of god mm. the righteousness of who right. not yours The righteousness of God. So righteousness is of God, it's not yours. But we saw that no man is righteous. So it cannot be your righteousness. Because he already said, Paul, no man is righteous. Which means no man does what is right. Which means no man is able to do what is right by themselves. Man does what is right by believing in God's faithfulness to do right or to put things right in the earth. So when he says, they just shall live by faith, no, 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 no. It says, uh, yes. Wait, uh, oh, no. It says, the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. What does it mean? Faith to faith means faith in God's faithfulness. Faith to faith means your faith in God's faithfulness. Which means you believe in God's faithfulness. You are saying amen. God is faithful. Amen. Praise the Lord. So again, we see that Paul is quoting and teaching from the scriptures, which are written from Genesis to Malachi. So let's go. When he's, when he's saying from faith to faith, when he says they just shall live by faith, where is he teaching from? He has just opened another book, which you call, you, not me, you, call Old Testament. I have stopped calling it Old Testament. What do I call it? The Word of God. When Jesus was quoting it, he was saying the word of God. He did not say Old Testament. A lot of people have turned their backs to that which is called Old Testament, so they don't know what is written there. Because they think it's punishment there. It's not punishment. God does not change. God is the same as he was in Genesis, in Exodus, in Deuteronomy, in Isaiah, in Malachi, in Proverbs, in Nehemiah. God is the same. Is that way even in Revelation? Amen. That's why, when people come to the book of Revelation, when we have taught you about what Jesus has done, you are happy. You are happy. When they come to the book of Revelation, they teach things that are fearful, as if the salvation has expired, as if the blood of Jesus is no longer working, the blood of Jesus works forever. Amen. If anyone teaches you from the book of Revelation and you are shaking and you are afraid, what they are teaching is not the word of God. The word of God will strengthen you. The word of God will encourage you. The word of God, if you are doing wrong, will correct you. It doesn't tell you you are going to burn because no Christian is going to burn. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. So let's go to where Paul is teaching from in the scriptures. Where he's quoting from. that he, uh, 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 Romans chapter 1 verse 17. Let's go to Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. He says, Behold, his soul is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. The word is just there is the word righteous? It means those want, those who do what is right. So if men cannot be righteous, what is it that man does which is right? What man does which is right is to have faith in God's faithfulness. That is what man does right, nothing else he can do right. To have faith in God's faithfulness is for you to do right. Amen? So God accepts people into his plan to put things right on the earth by faith. He accepts people into his righteousness by what? Faith. I'm going somewhere because we had We had the the multiply conference. How many came? Just the domain and his wife. The domain, domain, is that right? Domain. Domini. The domain and his wife came and everybody else. Where was everybody else? Where where, where did you go? You went hunting? You went farming? Where, Where did you go? You went fishing? You went mountain climbing? Where were you? Didn't you know I came for you? Didn't you know that when God wants to tell you something, he sends his men. And God sent me to you, not because I am important, but because you are important. No, you don't know how important you are. You miss what God wants to do in your life. Which means you are, you are going to miss the reason why he cleansed you. You are going to miss the sake why you were cleansed. You are going to miss the purpose why you are cleansed. And you sit here in Peter, picket bag like, I'm righteous when you are not righteous. <laughs> today. Today, 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 today. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. When I come here like this, if you know, if you accept me as a man who is the son of God, do you know you can get healed? Do you know that you can get healed? Do you know these hands? I lay them on the sick, they get healed. Ah, this means, can you see them? No electricity, nothing. Just power of God. Lay on the sick and they are healed. Praise the Lord. So, the word just there means the one who does right, what is right. For men? what is doing right is what? Having faith in God's faithfulness. So, God accepts man into his righteousness, into what he is doing right by faith. Let me read that. Okay, let me skip that. Let me skip that. Let's go to Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. That's where people pick up righteousness and we're going to pick it up from there. Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Do you know that our story about salvation comes from the story of Abraham, the story of faith from Abraham. Amen? Good. Now, Genesis 15, verse 6 says, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted... It to him for righteousness. You see in that verse, there are two he's. Can you see he? There is he, one. Then there is he, two. Then there is him. Can you see that? Who are the he's for? And he, who is that he? Who believed? Abraham. And in the Lord, and he, who is that he? That's a bit tricky. Don't answer quickly. He counted it to him for righteousness. What does that mean? Because we said righteousness is right doing. What is right doing? The whole earth is covered in sin and God doesn't like it in sin. When you go to Genesis 1, verse 2, he said the whole earth was in darkness. And what, what is God doing? God says, let there be light. Let there be light is doing what is right on the earth. So that the earth will not be covered in darkness. Are we together? So doing right in the earth is God cleansing the earth and the earth is not the mountains, it's the people. Amen? Doing the correcting things, putting things right, which means things are not right. Why are things not right? Because men are in sin. Men are short of the Glory. glory. So, God putting things right is God cleansing men, saving men on earth. And he wants that to happen to every man. Are we together? So, who is righteousness? Let's, 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 let, let's look at it properly. So, what it's saying there? Those two pronouns he they appear twice in this verse. Who is it referring to? Let's look at it this way. It's saying that Abraham believed in God's plan of putting things right on the earth. Are we together? Abraham believed in God's plan of putting things right on the earth. God judged that Abraham had done right. Why? Because he believed In the faithfulness of God to put things right in the earth. Abraham believed God's plan of salvation for the earth. Why does this earth need salvation? Because the earth is in sin. The earth is in darkness. So doing things right is to save the earth. Is to bring light on the earth. Is to put things right on the earth. That is the righteousness of God. What God is doing doing right. Can you see? Righteousness is not a state. It's a doing. It's a doing. Hallelujah. So what was supposed to take place with Adam and what failed with Adam in the garden of Eden now God carries it out With Abraham, the man of faith, the plan that failed with Adam, God does not change. He still wants the same plan. So he comes to Abraham to put things right on the earth. Amen? Good. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 13. I'll read verse 13. Then I'll read 21 and then 22. It says, The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee. The fair tree, the pine tree, and the box together to beautifully, rather to beautify the place of my sanctuary. What is the place of God's sanctuary? What is God's temple? Is this God's temple? This, this? Come again. No. What is God's temple? If we leave this place, we go under a tree. That's the household of God, a holy place. So, God's temple is people served in whom God lives. So, the temple that Solomon built or the tabernacle that Moses built, they were teaching aids teaching aids to show what God wants for the whole earth what God wants as his temple is the whole earth that's God's temple is it God's temple yet? no, why? because these people here are God's temple but if these people don't do their work God will not establish his temple on the earth this temple must increase, must get bigger how does it get bigger? people going out to evangelize other people are what are born again until the whole earth is covered with people who are born again then the whole earth is god's temple so what is old testament old testament is the temple is old testament i'll tell you what old testament means now that temple that is talking about what god wants to do is old testament what is new testament Telling you now that you, God dwells in you and you must go and evangelize, and more people, will, God will dwell in more people until the whole earth is covered by people who are saved. That is New Testament. The message of God has always been the same God has got no two covenants, He's got one covenant. He does not have two messages, He's got one message. What is Old Covenant? Old Covenant is. When you want to teach honor, you want to teach honor to the dominie. We must honor the dominie. He may be young, but he must be honored. Because we are not honoring for him for his age, we are honoring him for the work of separation that is God has appointed him to. Okay? So in their culture, in the Hebraism culture, when without God as sinners, when they found a man and they want to honor him, appreciate him and show reverence, what do they do? They give 10% of their earnings. So Old Testament is coming to give Dominic 10% and call it tithe. That is Old Testament. What is New Testament? In that Old Testament there is the word of God. What is the word of God? Honor your pastor. There is no 10%. 10% is Old Testament. Honoring your pastor is the word of God. That is what was being taught by 10%. That's why you find in the New Testament, you don't see Paul teaching about tithe. But he teaches the word that is in the tithe culture. Honor your pastor, give all those things he teaches them. Without mentioning 10%. Ten percent, because ten percent is Old Testament. Is the way the word is communicated. The way the word is communicated in shadows and types is Old Testament. New Testament is the same word in plain terms by the Spirit of God. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. So we invest. Um, uh, Isaiah sixty verse twenty one. Thy people also shall, shall be all righteous. Can you see? Thy people shall be all white right, Righteous. Thy people shall also what? Do what is right. They shall inherit the land forever. What is the land? The word land there is the earth. When the people inherit the land forever, it means God is dwelling on the earth forever. He has made the earth his what? Temple. How many of you want to go to heaven? You want to go to heaven? Where is heaven? Is that a planet somewhere? Is that, where is heaven? How is heaven like uh, streets of gold? Nice flowers, roses everywhere. Is that what heaven looks like to you? We'll find out when we get to heaven. Let's, let's go on to verse 22. He says, no, i did not finish verse 21. I'll read it. He says, Thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. So they will not inherit heaven forever. They will inherit land forever. The branch of my planting. Can you see now? The branch of my planting. Who is doing it? God. This is now God is doing. The branch of my planting. The work of my hands, what God is doing. That is righteousness of God. That I may be glorified. Verse 22. A little one shall become a thousand. What is that? A little one shall become what? A thousand. A small one. A strong nation. What is that? Multiply. That's why I'm surprised it did not, go, it did not come to the multiply conference. That's the Multiplication. We are getting to the gist of what I came here for. Okay? Multiplication. A little one shall become a thousand. A small one, a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in his time. So it's, the Lord is saying he's going to do it. So it's the righteousness of God. The right doing of God. Are we together? So we are having... We, 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 we are seeing that righteousness is what God is doing to put things right in the earth. So, your purpose, the reason why God saved you, is found. The purpose for which you were created for begins with a new birth when you are saved. So you are saved by God. To accomplish your purpose. You are saved. So that you can walk in God's plan for you. God has got a plan for you. That plan is not farming. That plan is not banking. That plan is not getting married. That plan is not having a lot of money. He has got a plan for you. That's why he saved you. You know, a lot of... Have you heard about Christians uh, uh, committing suicide? Why does a Christian commit suicide? He does not know his purpose. And sometimes it's because of the confusion that comes from the pulpit of many churches. You are confused. You don't know whether you are free or you are not free. Today the pastor teaches a good message. Tomorrow he says God is going to... Struggling with lightning because he did not pay tithes. So you don't know. So you don't know. A Christian who takes his own life simply means he does not know who he is. He does not know why he was saved. He has lost sight of his purpose, or he was never told his purpose. You get fulfillment. Do you know you can get healed just by knowing your purpose in Christ? You can walk with satisfaction just by knowing your purpose in Christ. Without money. Money is not the, the answer. Mm-hmm. Poverty is not the problem. We know Michael Jackson. You know what happened to him? You know Whitney Houston? Mm-hmm. Too much money. But a miserable life. Because money cannot fill that gap that is in your heart. That gap in your heart is filled by God's purpose for your life. Some of you here, you thought maybe once you get married, you are going to be happy. Are you happy now? (laughs) Is it bad to get married? It's not bad. But the reason why you get married is so that you'll be able to fulfill God's purpose for you even better. Is to be more effective in God's plan for you. That's the reason why you get married. If you want to stay single, you want to stay single because you think I can be able to fulfill God's plan for my life better when I'm single. No pressure for anyone. Let me tell you something. If your husband has become a terrorist at home, get out of that house. If your wife has become a terrorist in your house, get out of that house so that you'll be able to fulfill God's plan for you. You cannot fulfill God's plan when you are dead. You are not called to, 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 to marriage. Your calling is not in marriage. Your, your purpose is not in marriage. You do marriage so that you can be able to fulfill your purpose and plan. But marriage is not your plan. It's good to be married. Are you married? It's good to be married. Why did he get married? Because he loved it. Is that why you got married? You got married because he loved you. And you loved him. We want to change that. Now you are married. We can change it. How must you? Be, how does this marriage become a blessing? A blessing, Because you help her save God better. She helps you save God better. So together, you are being more effective in saving God than you would have done by yourself, than what you would have done by yourself. Then it says... Like, It's a blessed marriage. Praise the Lord. Do you get it? Because your calling is not in marriage. Marriage is good so that you can fulfill your calling better. So that's why I'm telling you now. Somebody needs to hear this. If your husband has become a terrorist at home, get out of that place. If your wife, do you know wives are terrorists also? A wife can become a terrorist in the home. Husband, get out of that house. So that you are able to fulfill God's plan. And you young young ladies, don't rush to get married. Find out your purpose in God first. So that when you are looking to get married, you know why you want to get married. You know your purpose, your plan, God's plan for you. So you are looking for somebody who will help you in that plan, who will make you effective in that plan. Who also knows his plan from God? Is that a marriage seminar already? <laughs> uh, let, me, let me see if I can finish. If I don't finish, I don't finish. Praise the Lord. So, your purpose is found in the new birth in Christ. That's where your purpose begins. So, salvation brings you into God's righteousness. Righteousness. And makes you part of what God is writing. This is the most most important part. Salvation gets you into into God's righteousness. Which makes you a part of what God is doing right. You believing in what God is doing right on the earth. Who will admit you into what God is doing right in the earth. And then you take hold together with God. In doing what God is doing right in the earth. That is what is called righteousness. That's why it's called. It's not your righteousness. It's God's righteousness. Righteousness is not on your part. Righteousness is always on God's side. It's not something you possess. You cannot possess it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, So then, I want to read from... Okay, let's read. Because we've got the King James, let's just stay with the King James so that I don't lose you. We'll try the King James, yeah? King James, let's have it here. Let's go there. Uh, We are going to go all the verses until verse 21. You good for that? We are going to go all the verses until verse 21. From 17. Are you ready? Right. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You are the new creation. Which means God did not finish creating and resting in Genesis because he's still creating. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> all the things are passed away. Behold, what is behold? See, you must see it. All things are become new. Let's go. Next verse. And all things are of God. Who did all those things? God. That is God's doing what is right in the earth. So you becoming a new creation is what God did, what is right in the earth. Are we together? Who has reconciled? What did he do? That reconciling is making things right on the earth to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry. Ah. 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 What did he give us? So being a new creation, be, being everything in you comes together with something that we are given. We are given something. What are we given? Is your English good? Good. And has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. You are born again? You are given the ministry of reconciliation. Ministry. Did you know that you have a ministry? Good. So you've got a ministry. Uh, how, what was the last time you did that ministry? Last time? Yesterday? Yesterday? your kids no oh okay your kids and your daughter. Uh, 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 are you related <laughs> these are the kids you spoke to these are not kids <laughs> and this kid I don't worry, we are going to do ministration here, okay? You, you like ministration? Amen. So, he gave you the ministry of reconciliation. This is righteousness. That ministry there is righteousness. Let's go, you see. Let's continue the next verse. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. God was in Christ, putting things right on the earth for himself. Okay? Not counting people's sins unto them. That's what he should read to be clear there. Yeah. Not counting people's sins unto them. So when God is doing right, he does not count your sins against you. Do you know that today God is not counting your sins against you? Yes. He is not counting your sins against you. My sister, did you know that? Ah, you are not convinced. Let's say you owe her one million US dollars. You know you do. You know you know rand is cheaper than US dollar. Yeah. <laughs> so you owe the uh, pastor one million dollars, and now you can't pay. You've tried but you can't pay. Now you are you are hiding. When you see in town here yeah, in Picket Bay, you are hiding. You are hiding because you can't pay. Okay. Then I come from Zimbabwe. Gold mafia. You know Gold mafia. <laughs> Old mafia from Zimbabwe, and I give her. I say, How What's your name? Oh. Sine. How much does Sine owe you? Ah, Sine is a problem. She owes me one million US dollars. She has not been able to pay. She's a problem, that lady. I said, Don't worry. I will, Miss Oliver. I will, Mrs. Oliver. I will, I will, I will, I will pay for her. This is the money, one million US dollars that Sine owed you. Even if she doesn't know. That, that's what I've done. Is she going to go or phone her and say, I want my money. But she didn't pay. I paid. I didn't owe her. But I paid. So she cannot phone her and say, bring my money because there was that black man from Zimbabwe. He is not the one who took my money. But he gave me money. But I want yours too. <laughs> she can't do that. You owed, I paid. You sinned, Jesus paid. So God is not going to phone you and ask you about your sin. Can you see? So you don't need to be afraid. God is just. He is never going to ask you about sins. Because he dealt with your sins, then he called you. If there's a sin in my life that is not paid for, it's not my problem, it's his. (laughs) Because he is Savior, I am not Savior. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, so he has committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Let's go on to the next verse. We want to go to righteousness. We are getting there. Let's go on to the next verse. Oh, the other is. Now then, we are ambassadors. We are sent. It means that way the ambassadors say apostle. apostle, apostle. So say we are all apostles. Don't let a man come and lie to you. Say I am the apostle. He gives me a card. I am apostle. So and so I am apostle. We are all apostles because we are sent. Apostle just means someone who is sent. Apostle doesn't mean a special anointing. Ah, somebody who is sent. So we are sent. An ambassador of South Africa to New Zealand is sent by South Africa to New Zealand. Not to speak their own things, but to speak what South African policy says. And yes, and yes. So now then we are ambassadors, we are apostles for Christ. Can you see now? You've been, by faith you have been admitted into what God is doing right on the earth. Which means, by faith you have been admitted into God's righteousness. Now because you are admitted into God's righteousness... Let me not go ahead. It's coming just now. So we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us as if God is begging through us people who are not born again say please come and be reconciled to God. So once we are born again we are vessels through whom God is working so that that reconciliation can happen. Next verse. For he has made him to be seen. I took your credit. He made him to be seen. I made myself to be the one who is owing. Why? For you. Why? I did not have any credit, but I took responsibility for the credit. Why? So that there will be no credit for you. So they're saying, For he has made him to be seen for us. Who knew no sin? Why? So that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So we are made the righteousness of God in him. So you cannot sit and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the seed of Abraham. I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I am God's apple, apple of God's eye. I'm highly favored. Show us, how are you the righteousness of God? In Christ. Do you know that the Bible when it was written did not have chapters? You the scroll there. It did not have chapters. It did not have verses. So if you are reading in verses, you think it is finished. So you will not understand what is being talked about. You go away with the wrong understanding which is what has happened in the church. So let's continue because the person has not finished what he's saying. He has not landed with his thought. Let's go to chapter 6 verse 1. Now you are going to see what it means to be the righteousness of God in Christ. Chapter 6 verse 1. We then, then it means as a result of what we talked about in verse 21. As a result of that we then as workers together. Together. As workers together with him. Beseech you. Also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Hmm. He is saying. We have now become. We have been admitted into God's righteousness. We have been admitted into what God is doing right. Right. We have been admitted into God's plan to make things right on the earth. Because we are admitted into what God is doing. We now become co-workers. Which means we are now working together with God. We are now doing right with God. In carrying out the plan of God to put things right on the earth. That is righteousness. That is righteousness. It's not yours. It's God's. But you are admitted into it so that God can work in and through you together. To continue to do what is. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 3 verse 5. I'm I'm jumping up a few things just to make sure we are spot on. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5. Can you see it's the same chapter that is, these are the same things he's talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5 here. So it says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves. What is it saying? It's saying we are not righteous on ourselves. It's saying we cannot do right by ourselves. But our righteousness is of God. That's what it's saying again. It's saying our ability to do right is of God. Comes from God. Okay? To do what? It means there must be something that we need the sufficient to do. And that sufficient is not ours. It's of God. We need something to do right with God on the earth next verse, 6. Praise the Lord. Who also has made us, in, verse, in chapter 5, verse 21, it says he says he made us the righteousness of God in Christ. Isn't it? That, that is what he has made us. It's the same thing. Who has also made us able ministers. So, he admitted admitted us into his plan of doing what is right on the earth. So now, we are now doing what is right on the earth with him. We are now ministers. Ministers are waiters, servants, people who are doing something for God. He has made us ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the latter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. He's saying he has made us ministers of the new covenant. Amen? He has not told us to go and teach people the law. He has told us to go and teach people the faithfulness of God in Christ Jesus. So when a person believes in that faithfulness, he is admitted by faith into what God is doing in the earth. He is admitted into that faithfulness to put things right on the earth. So, how do you, how are you a minister of the new covenant? So, you are not in the new covenant. Did you hear me? You are not in the new covenant. You are not under the new covenant. You are not above it. Because we ask people, oh, we are not under the Old Testament, we are in the New Testament. Uh-uh, you are not in the New Testament. What are you? Where are you? I'll tell you this. If I say, if I say, um, my sister, I will give you, I will give you, Oh, I forgot my wallet in the car. I will give you 10 rand. Okay? I'll give you 10 rand. Then I continue to preach. I'll continue to preach. Then I come again. I tell her, I'll, I'll give you 10 rand. You know what? What I gave her the first time is I gave you my covenant. What I want to do. Okay? When I come the second time, what when I say I'll, I'll give you 10 rand, that is what is called the new covenant or the new testament. It means the same promise being repeated. Why? Because it's not yet fulfilled. It's still new. It's not yet fulfilled. So when I come again and say it, as long as I have not done it, it's still the new covenant. The same promise unfulfilled. Okay? Now when I give her the money now, I have fulfilled my promise. I have fulfilled my covenant. She is not in the promise or what? The promise is fulfilled in her. Can you see? So, we now when we believe in Christ, the promise for eternal life is fulfilled in us. The promise of God's covenant is fulfilled in us. Okay? But let's say she is still an unbeliever. The promise is fulfilled in me, but it's not yet fulfilled in her. So now I become a minister of that New Testament to bring it to her so that it can be fulfilled in her. So, when we are born again, we are ministers. So, we go with the gospel to this one who is not born again. When we preach the gospel to her, we are ministering the new covenant. When she believes the new covenant is fulfilled in her, as soon as she does that, she has got a ministry to go and tell this one. Is that clear? So, do you see that all of us, we have a ministry... Righteousness is our ministry together with God. Of doing things right in the earth. Working together with God. Righteousness is not doing nothing. Righteousness is doing something. But you are admitted into that righteousness by just believing. Pick it back. I have brought a responsibility to you. I have come with a burden to you. Now that you know you are righteous in Christ Jesus. It's not your righteousness, but God's righteousness. Yes. What are you doing with that God's righteousness? It said in uh, in um, the other verse, Second um, um, Corinthians chapter six, verse two. He says in verse one, he says, "Don't let that grace, what God gave you, be in vain." It means don't don't waste that. If you are not doing anything, you are wasting what God did. You are in vanity. Praise the Lord. Let's go to, where will I take you now? Let's go a bit further to verse 9 of that same, uh, all right, okay, 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 wait there, okay. We then as as, as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. What is the grace of God? What God gives you? What did God give you? He gave you admittance into what he's doing right. Now don't let it be in vain. Begin to work together with God in putting things right on the earth. Are we together? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. I'll show you something. 3 verse 9. We are landing, we are landing, we are landing. Are Are we? Yes. We are landing. Okay. 3 verse 9. Yes. Can you see we are still continuing from verse 6? So it says, for if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. What is the ministration of righteousness? You going to preach the gospel. That is the ministration of, 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 of righteousness. You are doing together with God what is right on the earth. You are working with God to put things right on the earth. So righteousness is not sleeping. Righteousness is not a good boy. No one is going to be rewarded for being a good Christian, for being righteous, for not drinking, for not smoking. No one, when we go to heaven, we are not going to be rewarded for those things. Why? Because Jesus did that for you. He washed you from your sins. You did not wash yourself. So you can't be rewarded for that. You didn't do it. What is he going to reward you for? This ministry of righteousness. Ministry of right doing. When you are working together with God, ministering his gospel to those who are not saved. That's why we had a a conference, multiply conference. We must multiply. Don't don't be comfortable in this place. This place must quickly become too small. Even if it means we go and go and, and do it under a tree. It's got no problem. Jesus never went into into when Jesus was doing church, he was doing it in the river, he was doing in the in the valley there, he was doing everywhere. This building here must become too small. If you are doing what is right. So if you are roughly what is your membership? Roughly estimate. 60. So if you are 60 this year, you are 60 next year. You are sick when I come again. The last time I came here was two years ago. About. About two years ago. I came here. And if you are still sickest, you are not doing what is right with God. You may not have stolen anything. You may not have committed adultery. You may not have killed anyone. But still, you are not doing what is right. You are not participating in the righteousness of God you are not being the righteousness of god because the righteousness of god is doing something praise the lord the righteousness of god is doing something not sleeping praise the lord let's go to second timothy chapter 4. Your righteousness must be doing something. That's what I'm saying. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 6 to 5. I, I, I wanted to read it in the, in, the, in the New King James. But let's just read what we have here. Because I think it's nice. Everybody participates. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 5. How many of you have gone to a funeral? You hear people say, Ah, he's finished his rest. He's running his course. He has kept the faith. He appeared at a funeral. And the person that they are talking about, although he was a Christian, he never preached to anyone. So he never ran any course. There's nothing he did. You don't say that about him. Amen? What is Paul saying? Paul is saying. But watch thou in all things endure. Uh, is that where we are? Is that what I want? All right, that's fine. Okay. But watch thou in all things endure afflictions. It's saying we must endure pain in righteousness, in doing what God is doing right on the earth. So we must suffer. Sometimes we have to. Do, we do it when it's convenient. When it's not convenient. When we are broke, when we've got a lot of money. We still do it when we've got a job and we don't have a job. We must still do it. Because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are working together with God to do what is right on the earth. God wants everyone to be saved. So he says, do the work of an evangelist. Can you see now? That is righteousness. Make foolproof of your ministry. What is your ministry? Right doing. Taking together with God, doing what is right on the earth, ministering the gospel. Let's continue. Next verse. For I am now ready to be offered. Do you know it shouldn't read? For I am now ready to be offered. It should read that my life has been poured. He's talking about what his life is. Is what he has done in his life. My life has been poured. What does it mean? It means his life was a sacrifice to God, doing what God wants. Okay? And he is now ready to do what? To die. Okay? Why? Because he has lived his purpose. He has served his purpose. You guys here in here. Why do you want to be alive tomorrow? Why do you want to wake up alive tomorrow? For what? So that you can eat more food. You can eat more pups. You can eat more bulvo. Please, if you got no purpose, die today, please, so that we can we've got purpose, we can eat more bulvo by ourselves. Why must you eat more food if you are not fulfilling your purpose? Why must you put more petrol in a car that is not taking you somewhere anywhere, that is not fulfilling its purpose? Yes. <laughs> he says, for I'm now ready to be offered. He's saying, I'm now ready to die because my life is lived for God. And the time of my departure is at hand." He's saying... I've got no reason to live now. I'm, I'm. I've done my part. Carry on. Next verse. Next verse. Thank you. I have fought a good fight. You see, people saying he has fought a good fight. A person who has died, a block who never preached it to anyone. He didn't fight no fight. If you are fighting your sickness, that's not the good fight there. I fought a good fight. Is this? Do you know the gospel is a war term? The gospel is a war term where we are invading a territory of darkness, getting people there into here. We are, we are going for prisoners. It's a war term. So you fought a good fight. Are you fighting a good fight? If you, if you have not gone to preach the gospel to anyone, you have not even fought nothing, although you are saved, which means you have not started to live out your purpose because your purpose is for God. God saved you for his own sake. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. What is finished my course? I have gone everywhere possible to preach the gospel. That's running the course. Then he says I have kept the faith. What is keeping the faith? Keeping the faith if i've maintained the doctrine i did not use strange doctrine i maintained the doctrine so i've maintained the doctrine the correct teaching of jesus christ without going any without using this so that i get more money without twisting people so that i can get people's money that's what he's talking about there so are you running your course are we going to say when you are when you are in the in the in the in the in the in the coffin? Or do you want the coffin? You want the casket? We can get you. We can get you a casket. It doesn't matter. Even if we put you in a sack, it doesn't matter. If you have lived, your purpose will still be rewarded. That thing about spending money on people who are dead is ignorance, stupidity. People go and buy a a, a, a coffin for 50,000 rand. Uh. Better buy a coffin for 10,000 keep 40,000 for ministry of reconciliation. Uh. Then you know what you are doing. You know what death means and what life means. So when you are lying there in your coffin are we going to, your name? Jason. Jason. Jason, he he fought a good fight. Are we going to say that about you. If you don't preach the gospel we can't say that. Pastor. You see him, watch him. (laughs) <laughs> I have fought a good Justin has fought a good fight he has finished his race which means I have done everything in my area of responsibility to reach out to all those I was supposed to reach I have kept the faith I have not used uh, people's uh, twisted people's minds saying I am the prophet, sow into the prophet so that you can be blessed that is not keeping the faith, it is twisting the faith it's upsetting the gospel. Amen. Amen. So, do you find yourself here? These things are written for you. This is the life you must live. The righteousness of God. There is no age. There is, there is no retirement. This is, this is good work. This, this work will keep you healthy. This work will keep you healthy because it gives your life purpose. This body, when you are just sleeping every day, sleeping every day, you don't tell it it has got purpose. You are just sleeping. The body will say, "So why must I go? Ahead? Let me just shut down." When you are sick, you are supplicating before God. You are saying, "Is there not a cause? Why must I die?" There are people are reached out. I am not going to die. I am going to be healed. You know your body resonates with you because there is purpose. You are telling your body, your body be healed so that I can sleep again. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's do the last, the last verse now. Let's read um, 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 to 7. 13 verse 5 to 7. 5 to 7. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Are we there now? Yes. Examine yourselves. Uh, I'm not going to examine you. You examine yourself. Everybody close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. Bible said, examine yourself. Whether you are still in the faith. Examine yourself. Have you, really, have you correctly believed what I was saying about righteousness? Are you involved? Is that what you are doing? He said, examine yourself. Is that what you are doing? If this is not what you are doing, if you are not doing it, don't be disappointed. That's why God sent me. So that I can waken up that desire inside you. The desire to fulfill purpose inside you. So that you begin to be to be to be to be involved in the work of serving people, going out to reach out to people with the gospel. What is your problem? If you speak Africans, we didn't say go and speak French. If you speak Africans, we didn't say going to speak Shona. Go in that language, there are people who speak Africans. What is the problem? What are you waiting for? What are you living for? Do you know it's nice to 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 die as a Christian? I said it's nice. Open your eyes. He says examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Are you righteous? Are you, are you doing together with God the right thing in the earth? Are you working together with God in spreading the gospel so that people are saved? Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Christ Jesus is. In, don't you know that Christ Jesus is in you? You must go and save him to people. Praise the Lord. I want to challenge you today. Why must you live again? You are born again. I've got no problems to hear that somebody is dead here tomorrow. That's not a problem. Jesus is not worried because you are saved. You are saved. It's not a problem. Did you know that? Did you know that to die is nice? Uh-uh. And still you want to stay alive, but you don't want to do what you have your purpose. Why do you want to stay? so you can drink more? More pilsner. Is it pilsner? Is it is it is, it, is the beer called pilsner? here? Yeah? Yeah. pilsner. You can, drink more, you can drink more wine, you can drink more coffee. He likes coffee, like, <laughs> but I forgive him because he he drinks coffee to do purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I want to challenge you, pick it back. If God wants people saved in picket bag, and nobody stands out to go and preach the gospel, is anyone going to be saved in, in picket bag? No. So which means the will of God for picket will not happen. Why? Because you refuse to go. Because you refuse to go. But when you are sick, oh please God, keep me alive. Why must he keep you alive? Better leave some space for some other people. Because we are not worried about you when you die. There is nothing to fear in death anymore. Yeah. Do you know that? Put, put uh, uh, Philippians 1 verse 29, uh, 21 there. Philippians 1 21. There is nothing to be afraid of in death. It says, Philippians 1 verse 21. For to me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. So why are you afraid to die? To die is better. If you are not going to fulfill your purpose in Christ, to die today is better. It's better. Go to the next verse. Next verse, 22. But if I live in the flesh, which means if I stay alive, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I want not. He, he says, po, he's saying, saying, I don't know what I should do. Do you know why, when, you, when, you, when you wake up in the morning, you don't know whether you should have um, oats or you should have um, uh, fruit or porridge. You say, what should I have this morning? Should I have oats or should I have... For it's ha, I don't know what to choose. What can I choose from? Okay, I have odds. So Paul is saying that I don't know why I should choose. Whether I should die or not. To die is gain, to live is Christ. Now I am torn between these two. I don't know whether I should die or I should stay alive. Listen to what he says. Carry on. I don't know what to choose. Carry on the next verse, 23. But if I live in the 23. For I am in a strait between two. He says, I am caught up between two choices. Can you see? And now you are afraid. Are you, can you be caught up between two choices? You, you get one choice. You want to stay alive. That's all you want. Because you don't know the goodness of the other side. He says, for I am a strait between two. Having a desire to depart. He says, I want to die. I want to die. Because to die is gain. It's not lost. Well, it might be lost, but it might be lost for those people I'm going to preach the gospel for. That's why I shouldn't die. Then he says, and to be with Christ. He says, I having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. I want to die today, which is far better. But I don't know whether I should remain or I should die, be dying, because dying is even far better. Can you see from that statement, dying is not bad? i'll show you what makes dying bad carry on the next verse the next verse nevertheless to abide in the flesh is more needful for you he is saying i've got a ministry to do the only reason i will stay alive a day longer is because there's someone out there who needs to hear the gospel there's someone in picket who has not yet the gospel and they're going to hear it from my mouth that's my reason to stay another day longer what is your reason for living what is your reason for living? Jesus says he cleansed you for his own sake. His own sake is so that you take the gospel around. What are you doing? Why are you living? Do you know your purpose? Today you know. Program. Program. People, let's do let's two, 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 two days a week. We go in the places. We get people saved. Don't be deceived. Many people are going in those, They are in those churches. They are not saved. Do you know that? Do you know that there are people in church who are not saved? Don't ask a person, are you going to church? Jesus did not say, go, go and find out who is going to church or not. Go and preach the gospel. And they'll be born again. And when you, don't just preach the gospel, a person is born again, you leave them. You are baby dumping. You must help the person grow up spiritually. You must disciple a person. Discipling is easy. I advise, uh, call him for coffee. If they've got a problem in the home, help them pray for the problem. They've got the sick in the home, help them. That's how we disciple people. Be concerned with them, for them. Praise the Lord. How many of you today say God was talking to me today? How many put your hands up? Say God was talking to me today. So are you working up to your purpose? This is what God called you for. Don't think we are few. You are waiting for the big churches to do. The big churches are doing nothing. They are taking people's money. The people you think are doing something, they are not doing anything. So we must preach the gospel as if no one else is preaching it. Praise the Lord. Are you ready to preach the gospel? It's not a program. It's our way of life. The, the preaching of the gospel must be incorporated in our, 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 our church program throughout the year. We know you go to work. We want you to go to work. But God says, spare just one day where you don't do your work, you do my work. That's <laughs> one day. You got friends you have coffee with? <coughs> you can minister the gospel to them? That's your ministry? All right. Is that your ministry? Okay and the preaching of the gospel to the people who are lost is that your ministry too what is your ministry mom guys guys pastor we must do work here let's go to Let's go to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. Chapter four, yes. Um, What Bible am I in now? Okay, let me just King James. Okay. Philippians chapter four, verse four. I want to show you something. Bro, I want speed at the back there. Speed eh? Okay, bro. Bye, thank you. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Why should we rejoice in the Lord always? Even when you are going into... Do you know when... How many of you like soccer? I know you like, you like uh, the box. If you are playing soccer... If your team is playing soccer, South Africa is playing soccer with uh, Zimbabwe. (laughs) We hardly win. (laughs) We don't normally win. (laughs) So, South Africa is playing soccer with Zimbabwe. And uh, South Africa is uh, two, Zimbabwe has got a zero. Okay? And let's say the, the, the game was played last, last, uh, last year. So I already know the result. South Africa finished with what? Two. Zimbabwe finished with what? Five. So Zimbabwe won five, two. Okay? So if you are watching the game here today, and by halftime, Zimbabwe has got a zero, South Africa has got two, will I worry? Because I know the result at the end of the game, that is Zimbabwe won five, two. So will I, will I, if you are watching on video, can I, can, I be, can I be worried? No, because I know the end of the match was Zimbabwe won. What keeps us in joy is knowing that the battle has been won already by Jesus. There is no losing at the end. That is what gives us joy, in joy. Whatever problems before us. But anyway, let's go ahead. Uh, uh, verse 5. Right. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Where are we? Yes. Okay. The Lord is at hand. Carry on the na- No 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 no. You are in the Philippians. I want a vision. I was getting I was getting a bit cornered. up. Ephesians <laughs> <laughs> <vision> four four <laughs> but it's good about joy. <laughs> Ephesians 4 4. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bad, thank you. Yes. There is one body. What is that one body? It's saying there is one union of God and men. There is one union of God and believers. One union. That's body. One union. Okay? Okay? Next. One Lord. How many lords are there? This is showing us how we are all the same. You see. And then he says, one faith. What is one faith? One belief system. He says, it means we have believed in the same thing. I'm from Zimbabwe. You are in picketbeck I'm here. We are talking together. Why? Because we have believed in the same thing. It means there is one what? Doctrine that we have believed. That's why. We can still talk about the same thing, use the same phrases. We have believed the same thing. Then he says, One baptism. What is that one baptism? This one I want to hear from you. What, oh, oh, who is a leader? An elder in the church. I want a leader in the church. Say, Are you a leader? Where are you leaders? What's the name? Varna. Varna, who is Varna? Alright, what is that baptism there? Varna. with ah, the Holy Spirit. Where did you see Holy Spirit there? Where is Holy Spirit there? Good. It's saying we are have, we have submitted to the same Lord. We are submitted to the same doctrine, the same belief system. And we are here. We came here through the same process. Which process? Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That baptism, there's no water, there's no Holy Spirit there, there there's nothing there. It's telling us we came here the same way. We came from the same process. So we are the same. We are from the same womb of Christ. That's the meaning of baptism there. The context. Are we together? Okay. Next verse. One God. Okay. Who is father of all. So we are, we are the same. You can say I've got different genes than yours. It's one God. Who is the father of all. Who is above all. So you don't have another God who is above the same God we are talking about. So we are the same. Who is above all and is through all. Which means that God is working through every one of us here. So if that God is working through all of us and in all of us. Can you see? He's working through all of us and in all, in all of us. So do you have more God than me? Do you have more Christ than me? Do you have more spirit than me? Yes. This woman has got a chick. There, there, I get it. There, there is no more Christ. So, if that same Christ is in you and is in me, what I do, you should do. What you do, I should do. The difference could be maybe spiritual growth, but with the teaching, with bringing up, we get to do the same thing. So, preaching the gospel is your ministry. That's, what, that's where I was going. Let's go to Ephesians 4.11. We are coming from there. The understanding now. I want you to get the understanding in, in, verse, in verse 11. Verse 11. And he gave some apostles. And some prophets. And some evangelists. And some pastors and some teachers. This verse is wrongly taught in many places. This is the only verse you see all those things put together like that. Okay? No one else explains that. And a lot of people have told that. It's not saying that these few here are apostles. These ones here are prophets. These ones here are evangelists. These ones here are pastors. These ones here are teachers. It's not saying that. It's not saying that. It's not saying that. The word "some" in Greek is not talking about a group of people He's talking about a distinction in function. Amen? So these are the functions that are in the spirit who is in all of us. So the spirit will express himself in me as an apostle. Will express himself in me as a prophet. Will express himself in me as an evangelist. Will express himself in me as a teacher. Will express himself in me as a pastor. Because no one has got more than the other. And he has got no favoritism. This is the expression of the risen Christ. Through each and every believer. Praise the Lord. So we are all prophets. We are all apostles. We are all teachers. We are all evangelists. It depends on the situation you are in. As the occasion demands. So everyone goes to preach the gospel. You've got certain people in the body of Christ calling themselves evangelists. They are running around all over the show. They come and preach and go away. There's no one who's called to do that. You don't preach and you go away. You preach and you bring people up. Amen. That division of saying me and my prophet it's not found in the word of God. It's a misunderstanding of this verse amen i don't have time to teach because i'm not here forever is there a question anyone with a question is there anyone who's who is not feeling too good today we need prayer you don't need prayer i i saw you shaking your head you need prayer you need prayer amen You need prayer so that you wake up to your call. You wake up to your purpose. I'm going to lay my hand on you. Go to the front. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So those legs don't need prayer. I saw you shaking your head that she didn't need prayer. You can sit. (laughs) Those legs need prayer. Don't they? Those legs need prayer. Don't they? Amen. Can you see? But you were the first to say no. (laughs) Praise the Lord. We want to pray for this lady There is purpose for you. God loves you. He has purpose for you. And you, you are not old. This year, there is no, this thing here, there is no retirement. You don't retire from this one because you always have your age, whatever age you are. You minister to those ones. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, Pastor, come, let's we want to pray for the lady. Come, the two, the two, the two of you. Amen? Praise the Lord. We want you to put your hands uh, on your legs. Praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We minister the power of the Spirit of God. To release you from this pain now in the name of Jesus. Whatever is oppressing these legs, we set them free now in the name of Jesus. We minister the power of God. We loose you from this affliction now in the name of Jesus. Be strengthened in your legs. In the name of Jesus. You will walk, you will run. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit is working in and through you. Everywhere your limbs are energized. Now in the name of Jesus. You are set free now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And you are a minister of the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. God loves you and God has got people that he wants to reach through you which he is never going to meet them. But you are going to meet them. So if you don't minister you have just let them go to hell. You just dropped them in hell. (laughs) You are blessed. Thank you. You're blessed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's she Jesus jumping around. <laughs> Hallelujah. Awesome. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's somebody with a backache here. It tosses you. Hallelujah. It tosses you. Hallelujah. So now I'm ministering. You're saying, ha, how do I do it? Uh, maybe you want to do this, but you're saying your back. How bad is it? Bad. bad. It limits you. Stand up, say. Praise the Lord. Stand up, say, come, we pray for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Well, is it just a backache or it's an injury? Uh, I had the operation 20 years back. Now, he told me years back. I tried to see my You know what I've noticed? is a doctor here? We love doctors, and Christians must see doctors. Don't, uh, don't submit yourself to a teaching that says you must not go to a doctor. That, that teaching is witchcraft. OK? It's not either, or it's both. If medicine is going to heal you, it's doing what God wants you to be. Mm. Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen? There's, a, there's a, prophet, a prophet in the Bible, uh, a king in the Bible. The prophet was sent to pray for him. After the prophet prayed for him, he was told to take leaves of a fig tree, medicine, and put on the wound. That's how they were healed. And now another one will come and tell you, don't take medicine. That person, be careful with that person. Be careful with that person. Sometimes there are personal testimonies. Personal testimonies. Me, I can eat, my stomach is strong. I can eat sand outside there. And I will not have a problem with this stomach. Now I cannot come and boast to you and say, me, I've got faith, I eat sand. (laughs) It's just my genetic, I just just have a a strong stomach. So if you eat sand and you get get sick, I, I tell you, you've got no faith. That is not fair. Because this stomach was like that before I was born again. I could eat even mud. I can eat mud put in there. No stomach ache, nothing. I think I need a stomach like that because now and again there's cholera in Zimbabwe. This stomach is strong. Amen? So, doctors are good. But sometimes I find when doctors persuade you for an operation, when they ask you and they tell you for an oper- to go for an operation, when they are talking to you It's like once you do the operation, your problem is gone. And then they do the operation, and the problem is not gone. And they look at you and they talk to you as if they are not the one who persuaded you. But we want to believe for a miracle. You don't have to be good to have a miracle, you don't have to pay God money to have a miracle. Even a sinner in the pub there can have a miracle. The power of God works everywhere. Amen. Prophet, are you going to come? I think we'll we come. We'll spare you this time. Amen. Amen. Is it lower back, upper back? Lower back. Lower back. In the name of Jesus, we will the power of the Spirit into this back. Be healed. In the name of Jesus, I set you free from this pain. Whatever the operation damaged, whatever the operation interfered with, we speak the restoration power of God now in the name of Jesus. The virtue of God is working in you now in the name of Jesus. Behold! Set you free now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Touch your toes. In the name of Jesus, you are freed from the backache. Hallelujah. You sleep better tonight. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. 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 You're blessed. Hallelujah. You. Hallelujah. Ah, oh, say, come, eh, come out. Go out to the gate. Kick into the air. Bend over. Jump. Come back. Then you come back. Hallelujah. How is that? Amen. Check on him and don't, don't 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 let the pain come again. If the pain come again, even if it's not, the time is not it's coming from the pastor. Pray right there that he be freed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Daar is nog vele meer gratis op ons beskikbaar by www.gracelove.co As jy jouself ooit in die omgeving van bekekt wegbegin, wil ons jou uitnooi om een van ons bijeenkomst te te doen. Ons wil jou graag help om Jesus te ontdek, familie te vind en ware leven te ervaren. Voor meer inlichting, besoek asjeblief ons webbed www.gracelove.co